On today's episode of the Snakes on the Diamond podcast, we're going to take a look at Baseball America's recently released top 10 prospects list for the Diamondbacks. We're going to react to each of the top 10, give our thoughts on what we think of each player and if they are ranked too high or too low. Hello, everyone. I am Mike McDermott. I write about the Diamondbacks for Fan Nations inside the Diamondbacks. And we're also doing right now we are doing our top 30 prospects list, uh, which will resume at the end of this Thanksgiving break. So joining me today to talk about this prospect list is Wes Byer. So Wes, how are you doing today? I'm nice and bloated from Thanksgiving yesterday, but wonderful other than that. So what was uh, uh, what was so what was your Thanksgiving dinner? Uh the standard uh turkey, get some ham, stuffing, green bean casserole, homemade cranberry sauce, because canned cranberry sauce is a culinary crime um bunch of pies you know it's the usual american thanksgiving that you know most people have yeah i I took it easy for my thanksgiving i just took a turkey breast roasted in the oven it's like with uh, herb butter although i wish i probably got uh, fresh herbs instead of the dry stuff uh, some mashed potatoes and sauteed spinach yeah, I'm I usually brine my turkey. I did not this year. I just roasted it breast down. It actually turned out surprisingly good. So, you know, I was happy with my, you know, what I made. And it was a pretty low-key Thanksgiving. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, so, hey, we just had that trade. I'm amazed that we didn't give up any of these players to plug that hole at, uh, you know, at third base. So that's something to be thankful for. Yep. And as we get into this top 10 prospects list, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a like on the video here and help us grow as a channel. So now let's get straight into the top prospects list. It's coming in at number one. Obviously this is no surprise to anyone. Jordan Lawler shortstop made his major league debut earlier in the 2023 season. Got some postseason time. What do you think uh, of his readiness for a major league call up or and when do you think that will be? Well, you know, I think a lot of people are a little down on Jordan Waller. Uh, he, he didn't really have the best debut. Let's let's be let's be honest. I don't th- I think I don't think he had more than uh, two or three. Like I don't think he reached base more than four or five times. So uh, in the whole month that he was up, um, I think just looking at his pattern of how he's progressed through the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, farm system. Is he kind of does have a like you know when he gets to that point that he has you know he's cha- like actually challenged because you can tell there are times where Jordan Lawler was not challenged at all in the minor leagues and times where he was um, clearly he was challenged at the minor league level he's got things to work on I think just having seen major league pitching seen you know had a taste of you know postseason playoff race success and all that. Um, I think I think he's pretty close to ready. I mean, I don't I don't know. I wouldn't say for sure he's going to make the roster out of spring training. Um, I don't think that's unlikely, um, unless he has just like a crazy good uh, spring training. I don't I don't really see that. I don't really see that happening. I do think that he will be on the major league roster by like May, first week of May. Yeah, we talked. Well, Waller obviously is one of the obviously a short list of prospects that could be in contention to 2024 rookie either. I I put him in a the second tier of guys that could win it if everything goes their way. It's not like where it's yeah. Corbin Carroll where it's like it's his award to lose. Obviously, if I put Waller, yeah. if you put like a top ten, Waller's closer to ten than five. Yeah, I agree with that. Opinion. I think I think people are a little too down on him though. Just like this. Just from that slump, but I mean, he had bad slumps last year in the minor leagues, and then he, you know, he was hitting like like Joe DiMaggio for for the rest of his, you know, minor league appearances. And I really think that uh, he'll be fine. Um, I don't think he's like a clear favorite like Corbin, um, but he's certainly like he's definitely like one of the top ten contenders. You're right about that. And I look at it, it's like he looked a little bit overwhelmed when he first got called up. It was make, making consistently consistent quality contact was definitely an issue early on. He's only got two base hits to the outfield so far. 
I think it's a case where I think they maybe rushed him up a little bit yeah. because he had scorched his way for the previous three previous uh, three and a half months. So it's like, okay, is he ready? And it turns out prob- it w- he probably wasn't as ready as they hoped. Yeah. But that's not necessarily a big deal. It's not a career. It's not a career ender by any means. It's just not every. He's probably more likely to have his career start like Brandon fought where it's like, okay, it may take two, three times. Yeah. For all those adjustments finally add up and he makes that adjustment to get in. All right. So coming in I, at number two, we have Drew Jones. So how would you describe Drew Jones's rookie year as in a nutshell? Uh, disappointing. Uh, you know, he had injury. He didn't really, I mean, he didn't really hit. Um, I just overall it's like, it, it really hurt his, his stocks as a prospect enough that I, I do not have him at number two. I have him at number three. Um, you know, but I think he's still like, I mean, the talent's obviously there. He's got the best arm in the system. He's got, uh, he's the best defensive outfielder in the system. Pretty much consensus defensive player in the entire organization. Pro- probably. Um, I, I think that's, it's, it's, this is a real make or break season for him as a, as a prospect is coming. Cause it's really like once he gets, if he has a, you know, a, a bad 2024, that's really like, he's not going to be the number two prospect in your system or number one. Like you would think, uh, yeah, it's, he's uh, cause you know, obviously Jordan Waller more than likely be graduated by the end of 2024. Um, but yeah, no, it's, he just had a really overall just disappointing, like, season like way too many strikeouts he looked overmatched um strikeouts weren't necessarily the issue in my opinion yeah he just wasn't making quality contact Not until his the, until really till the end of the season yeah until the i turned it around a little bit injuries yeah he, when he came back at the end of the year he was better that's why i haven't completely given up hope on him because i think that some of that earlier in the year was probably injury related um i remember he also I screwed up his shoulder with like before he like his what was it like the day before day after he signed in batting practice dislocated his shoulder and swing first I think it was his first BP session the complex or what I, that's what they yeah, said something like that and that's just it, it's been bad luck for for Diamondbacks <laughs> number one their their number one picks but I think I think that he'll hopefully that something like that doesn't happen Tommy Troy for- knock on wood. Four of their last would be five little, first round picks have required surgery have required surgery to address an injury. That would be, including that would Troy. be a little Yeah. That would but be of course uh, in Troy's case, he was able to play through his injury. That's yeah, a so really, different. What do you think it's gonna take uh for like what do you want to see out of Drew Jones going into next season? Better first thing I wanted want to see is I want to see better footwork uh, when he's at the plate. He tends to the, uh, open up a little bit when he strides the home plate. You know the phrase "step in the bucket." That's what he does. Yeah. Nick and Nick Picoro mentioned that in his blurb about Jones on Baseball America, and that is typically a problem. No matter, and Jones has gotten away with it in the past because of his insane bat speed. Yeah. And you can get away with it when the pitch is coming in at eighty-five miles an hour versus ninety-five. You're going to see a lot more ninety-ninety-five. He's going to see a lot more ninety-ninety-five in the pro and professionally. It's basically. Well, and you mentioned you ranked him behind Troy. He's actually behind Troy in terms of reps at yeah. this point. So, and in 20, if he has a 20, another injury play 2024 season, we're talking potential bust territory for him. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's number one thing season. I want to see. I want to see him stay off the injured list the entire season. Hmm. That's like what I want. I want to see him stay healthy other than, okay, so he stubs his feet. Stubs his toe and needs a couple of days off. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, it's like any serious injury that can affect his defense or offense. I want to see him just stay healthy. And then, yeah, he can't, he needs to have a much more productive uh, yeah. season offensively. And just like that you're saying, the better footwork, little things like that could go a long way with him. And yeah, it's uh, bordering on, we might be looking at a major bust there. I was going to say, because when his bat is ready, he's going to be ready once his bat's ready. Like the glove, yeah. he's the best defensive outfielder in the organization today. Yeah, and unless he's severe, suffer, unless he has a Kyle Lewis set of injuries. Yeah, I knocked on wood. Big, unless big he, unless he has there. Kyle Lewis type injury situation, he should still. He's not going to lose speed. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, if he gets a, like takes too long, he might end up you know putting on some weight that you know as we saw from his father, like uh, Andrew Andrew Jones got progressively oh. thicker and heavier as his career progressed to the point that his knees kind of gave out on him, and I, I think that's a uh, that's uh, something to watch. I mean, I want to see. I want to see. I, I want him say, to Drew, progress normally. And, I was gonna say Drew Jones is a little bit longer, lankier, so <laughs> it's more likely ends up. I would say more likely that build wise, he ends up closer to the Tatis. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's smart yeah, enough to avoid and like that. Tatis, he could win a platinum glove. All right, so number three, recent first rounder, Tommy Troy. Obviously, Troy, I think you have Troy rated higher than Drew Jones. I will probably next year might I might make the move on that one. I just think for me right now, the number of the sample size is relatively the same. So I'm taking the higher upside guy. Yeah. I just my my reasoning with with Tommy Troy is I think that there is a ton of upside there. I think there's more than than most people think Um, he's close. He's got I think he's a much higher chance of making the major leagues. I think that he's going to, you know, he should be in the he should be in the major leagues within the next year, like at most next three years, probably sooner than that. I would think that he he should be in the major leagues by the end of 2025. Um, his upside is he's he's basically average or slightly above above average in each one of his tools. He's already a solid defender. I don't. I think he's most likely to end up a third. I like him out of all of our kind of group of shortstops and middle infielders that we have now. I like him most as a third baseman. Uh, it's not preferable. I think he's a really solid shortstop or second baseman. I, I really, I think he's got great, great glove work. He's got good plate discipline. Uh, I mean, really he's above average all around. There's not questions about his health or like, I don't see real bust potential. That's the only reason why I rank him, uh, higher than Jones Jones. If he has a productive season uh, and stays healthy next year, he's my number one prospect. Yeah. And then uh, going to my, put my input on Troy is like, I obviously I think Troy's a guy who's going to reach his ceiling the question is how high is this ceiling? Is he, and it's like, okay, and first it's figuring out, okay, what position is he going to stay at long-term? And that's more or less, I, I would say out of his control because yeah. a lot of moving parts on the infield, you get, you have Hansa Luis. We're going to talk about a little bit later. Gino Groover as well. Another guy that's in the top 10. In fact, he'll be coming up before Luis in the pecking order. But uh, you look at those two. It's like development of those two will could determine yeah. where Troy ends up long term. So if those two pan out the positions that they're trying to develop, Matt, then you got Troy as a shortstop instead of a third baseman. That's where I kind of look at it. It's like, okay, we don't, yeah. we know it's going to be on the infield. We just don't know what position. And it's not because he can't play it. He yeah. Can no, play he, second, short or third. I, Question I is, where does the he, roster need him to play? He probably has the athleticism to play any of the outfield positions. I don't know about yeah. his arm or like how the much range he has, but I think, I think he's certain he could be, a, he could be, a he's, got, he's got better. Arm no problem. Yeah. He could be a competent outfielder. No problem. That's the real thing. I might actually have a better arm him. with the, with two healthy feet. Yeah, I think so. You can see his arm grade getting a little bit better with healthy feet. Yeah, probably. So, the first big surprise on the list is Ivan Melendez at four. So I'll let you t- uh, I'll let you mount on uh, that first, and then we'll uh, I'll share what I've seen for, out of him in the fall league. So after you, well. Melendez strikes out way too much. That's the main thing that people are going to say is he's uh, it's like he was striking out like 33% of the time last season. Wait, he's got 34%. So it's like uh, literally a third of your bats. That's not good. He does have a legitimate power tool, like the best in the system. Um, like currently, and, and, and as far as like, you know, there's some guys that might have potential power that's more than Melendez, but right now he's the best power bat in the system. But it's, it's, he's he's just he seems so stiff defensively is one of the things i don't like about him um i think i think the number four is way too high i would not have him at high i think i would i have him at like 10 maybe 11 um uh it's really it, the amount of strikeouts is just uh 
scary. And it's just he's not going to hit for high enough average necessarily to 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 make up for that. Or you know, there's just, it does a lot of home runs. He's going to have to hit a lot of home runs, and it's like he does so, have that legitimate power. It's just I from the justify his roster spot and then justify being in the lineup for the thirty yeah. percent strikeout rate. He's at forty homers. Yeah. Uh, he's got that level of power. It's just will he make that enough contact to do that? I don't know if he will. Um, and if the strikeout rate is less, obviously the home run threshold is less as well. I think the one thing that really keeps him in the top ten, I know for me and you, is his makeup and just like his work ethic and uh, like Still I, I really one think of the that's top a- ten odds of developing. Yeah, an everyday player too. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think he's got good good odds of being an everyday player. It's just one of those that like it's almost it's almost a coin flip. You can see him going bust as one of those, you know, power first kind of prospects like the Chris the Chris Carters of the world. The yeah, mini Chris, like Chris Carter. <laughs> there were, there were years where Chris Carter was a s- solid regular. I mean, I I'm there's I'm talking like the, the other two Chris Carters. Those are actually, actually 40 homers. You know, the ones the ones spelled with a C. And the one that re- briefly went through the Diamondback system, they all had a similar kind of power, you know, power hitting first baseman doesn't hit for high average. Uh, he's actually hit for average, you know, so far, but a lot of that seems to be, uh, you know, inflated from his, his you know, batting average on ball. Well, play he also hit 30 homers. Yeah. So like it, said, if you're striking out a lot, you got to hit home runs to offset that. I know uh, Spencer, our, our good friend Spencer O'Hara, who writes for AZ Snake Pit, he is not a fan of uh, of Melendez. He does not think that he belongs anywhere even like in top 15, which I can see I can see where he, he's coming from as, as like seeing him as a very one-dimensional player. And that is true to some extent. But I, I think that I, there's 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 some you know like I I could see I see a Pete Alonzo or a Goldie kind of if I squint I think no Goldie definitely no like if you look at Goldschmidt I think his worst strikeout rate was twenty seven percent in high yeah, end, and when he got to double A it was twenty yeah I mean, like cl- closer to to the I mean even Mark Reynolds actually would be a, a better comparison. yeah Reynolds actually didn't strike out much in the minor leagues yeah it is, not. they just Came I, out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't. I, Mark Reynolds is a is a mystery. And then if you look at Alonzo, Alonzo's strikeout rate is actually league average for most yeah. of his career. Alonzo, Alonzo had a high strikeout rate his first year and the COVID year, rookie year and the COVID I, year. Yeah. But since then, it's been in uh, twenty one and twenty two. It was below twenty percent. Yeah, it peaked up a little bit in twenty three. Joey Gallo, average I guess, dropped to two seventeen. Probably be a better. Alonzo's also averaging forty-five homers per one hundred sixty-two yeah. games, and that's kind of where you want Melendez to be. That's at. what he. That's what he's gonna have to do. I mean, like, I, ideally, that's who he turns into is Pete Alonzo. Like, you got Actually, Pete Alonzo two point zero would be Eugenio Suarez. We're talking about that kind of strikeout rate. Oh yeah, actually, that's funny enough. He's actually gonna be be very close to the kind of player that Suarez is. So. I don't know if you necessarily want that, like having. Uh, well, he's not you know, the same level defender as Suarez at third base. That's the main thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he's a third baseman. I don't know what the team is thinking. Yeah. Thing, he's a third baseman. Now, of course, he's I haven't a seen baseman. a lot of reps at third base, but uh, from what I see in the fall league, it doesn't look like he necessarily has the. I guess you can say. Um, what I see is like I don't see the reaction time. I don't see the hands. Yeah, the hold up there. He just he, he seems very stiff. Like in his like, like I watched of, him in the falls. Now of course it's just one inning that happened. But in yeah. the Fall Stars game, I think it was Fall Stars game. It was either that or it was a the next game they played at Mesa. Melendez had six balls hit at him in that inning. He successfully yeah. fielded three, and only one of them yeah. was out of his range. I don't think that he's a, a third base. I don't know. Yeah, what that's thinks. what I saw. So you, you agree I with that assessment? He's, he's not a third yeah, baseman. I, he's got. I think he's got a at first base. He's going to have above average range. Yeah, I think he, he's perfectly opinion. capable of being a, a, like an above average first baseman. It's really like will will he be able to make contact frequently enough to be you know because his main his main 
skill is power. You know, he will probably pick up some more, you know, walks if he, you know, does that. Like yeah, if he's specially about there's not a lot of walks in this profile either. Yeah, um, yeah, too many strikeouts, not enough walks, um, little stiff defensively. Um, I think he almost Very like steep could, swing path too. That that yeah, I was just gonna say uh, one of the things I mean, you pointed out that's was the one weakness and that's the one thing that's holding him back in this game is that swing path issue that makes him vulnerable to ele- to uh, fastball elevated fastballs with decent velocity and carry. He cannot catch up to those, and that was an issue yeah. that Paul Goldschmidt had coming up too. So I'm not. So it's like if he can close the if that's the one thing that's holding him back. Close that hole, he's gonna be in the major leagues in less than three months. Yeah. So that's the thing is I can see both. Both there's two basically a coin. If you can figure that out, yeah, he's he's basically that the you got your your replacement for Christian Walker in 2025. You know, like I don't think Melendez would be ready to assume first base when Walker's out out the door. Yeah, though. that's my opinion. No, yeah, Unless I don't think it's gonna something be crazy happens. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's but another that's ideal world. So, all right. So moving on to the next corner infielder, we're talking Gino Groover, second round. So it's like another second round pick, like Melendez. Although Melendez has questions about making contact, Groover's question is the opposite. How much? What's his power upside? Although I think it's a question of uh, launch angle more so than it is yeah. about the ability to actually make good contact. His his bat speed and like just when he he has like explosive contact. Like I don't know what his his I know I know he was like a huge outlier. He was a major outlier on a. I, I forgot where exactly this was like out, out of the, it was like the combine type thing where they're, uh, you know, they had like, I don't know where they got the bat speed measurements, but he, he was just really stand out to me. And, uh, having tracked down a little bit of footage of him, like he, uh, I think he has, it, it's, it's all just the, like you said, it, it's his, um, just getting the right swing path. And, um, uh, launch angle and i think the power will translate i think that he probably got the most explosive bat speed in in the system yeah and i mentioned this before in a past episode and you'll check it out on them i think it was episode 32 i did with james i showed it on there but Dino groover ha- was one of those few college prospects along with uh nolan chanuel in the 2023 draft and chanuel obviously went 11th overall that had that was that had a really good combination of a 90th, 90th percentile exit velocity and contact rate. Yeah. That's what I was referring to. It was like, there was three guys that were circled in two, and the two guys I just mentioned are two of them. Yeah. So you, you, I like, are you, do you think, I, I mean, I know there's like not the, the team thinks that he's a, a third baseman. I don't know. I think he's, he's more like he's very a, unproven uh, at the position, in my opinion. Yeah, we don't we don't really know. I don't really have a read on him. I need to see a full improvement. Not him. necessarily the best tool set to stick there. Yeah. Um, offensively, he's going to be a major leaguer. Yeah. I don't have a question about that. With the kind of with and, the kind of amount of, like the explosiveness yeah. in his bat and in his athleticism, um, he he you wouldn't think the guy is as athletic as he is just looking at him he's very athletic he's got really quick hands he makes he's got excellent play coverage like it is in terms of like yeah, he can barrel he can up hit. anything in the strike zone it is almost uh a vladi-esque like vlad senior-esque in terms of like the guy can hit really but he's a bad ball hitter too which i think is something you got to keep an eye out is that those kind of hitters develop bad habits Although Groover's not really, I obviously don't have the data on that, but Groover's doesn't strike me as a guy that chases out of the strike zone very often. No, he, does, he doesn't, but he has he has the capability of hitting balls out of the strike zone and poking them into, you know, for a bloop, bloop single the other way. Like, he really has, like, just surprisingly good. That combination of this, the skill set, the plate coverage, contact ability, bat speed, uh, and that exit velocity, that's a major league hitter. With that 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 skill set, so I I actually I I agree with their ranking there. Yeah, so yeah, I have Groover in my top ten as well. Yeah, and you look at Groover. First, it's like the question is where is he going? The main question about him is, is where is he going to play defensively? Once you kind of have that question figured out, then it's like okay, you have an idea of where he's going to play defensively. Now you can kind of gauge 
ceiling projection, all that. And he's more of a sure thing. And that may yeah. also lead, lead to a, lead to a, I would say a better ranking. Yeah. I have him at, at 45 uh, plus future value. Uh, if, if you, we yeah. see a, a, a really like breakout successful season, I mean, I, I'd actually probably bump him up to 50, maybe 50 plus, which is, I'm really, I really like the guy, the guy, if that wasn't obvious. All right. So next up, we're staying on the infield. Hans, uh, Hansel uh, Luis. Luis. So my opinion on Luis is while he's a middle infielder, I think he's much more likely to stick at second base as opposed to shortstop. And that's, uh, I think that kind of limits his ceiling a little bit. So now when you're going from a premium position to less of a premium position, because in my opinion, second base is not as big a defensive position as it used to be. So you kind of have to pay more attention to the bat, in my opinion. There isn't much of a sample of him facing more experienced pro pitching. Yeah, uh, I I like I like uh, I like Luis a lot. I basically kind of caught my eye with his, uh, you know, initially in the Dominican Summer League after his first full season there or second season. I forget. He's really young. That's the real thing. Like he's very young. Um, there's a, a group of guys, uh, that are all, uh, international prospects. He's one of them that I'm keeping my eye on. I really like him a lot. Uh, I just, I need, I, I don't have any, how many footage of him playing. So I don't really have much to go on other than his numbers, other than they're, they're pretty eye popping. If you go look at them on Fanagraph, um, let's pull up his number. Can you, can you pull up his numbers? I think he's only played a handful of games in. Vizalia. Yeah, I mean he's he's a I mean he's just really young relative to the to the league. He's got this skill set yeah. like I I I see no reason why he couldn't be a successful you know second baseman, shortstop, third baseman, uh, maybe even center fielder. I just want to see more of him. He's just like you. We don't have a lot of data on like some of the younger guys like him, especially when they're international prospects. Um, and to me, I mean, when you look at Luis, he's more, you're more projecting the tools as opposed to looking at the physical, yeah, the actual playing record. And obviously age 18, he got to Vizalia hit through 257, the 726 OPS, which is factoring age in uh class A. That's not bad. You're yeah, hope to see him more going into the next year. Yeah. I, it's definitely one of those things where he, he's a projectable kind of toolsy toolsy prospect to kind of, you know, like there's, there's that philosophy of prospect valuation that a lot of people kind of go for. And I, I think he, he's a, he may not fly through the system. He may take some time, but I think that he's, I mean, just looking at him and like, just like from what the scouts say about him, talent evaluators say he's the top 10 prospect is pretty much consensus. Um, not, there's not even a real question about it. So yeah, I'm, that's the one ranking that might surprise some people that I, that I, I don't even blink at that one. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a. In the case of Luis, it's a, I don't think it's a case where you have to worry about protecting him an extra year in the Rule Five draft. By the time the Rule Five draft comes up, assuming no hitches in his development, he's gonna be close to ready. When they need to add him to the forty-man roster, he's gonna be close to ready. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. I mean he's he's had no real like he's progressed kind of exactly what you want to see out of an international prospect. So yeah. a guy to keep an eye on, not necessarily like, Oh, we're going to call him up next season. And not, he's not that close. He's a ways off, yeah. but I would say but it's I, like similar to Perdomo. Yeah. That's the kind of timeline I, I expect. I expect from him for, from a guy, similar kind of uh, timeline to him. He, he may be up in the next season or if something goes wrong. He may be up in the next season, but yeah, yeah, I don't hopefully I don't, Arizona hopefully doesn't have the, uh, yeah, hopefully he doesn't sniff a major league roster until 2025 or 2026. I was gonna say there I don't think Arizona's gonna be able to recreate the situation that rushed Perdomo to the big leagues. Unless uh Jordan Lollard becomes an injury prone shortstop. Uh, the one That's thing I, I I and there's do no have track a question about him. him. Uh is he's he's got pretty six foot, 170, and he's 18. You, you gotta 
wonder if his he'll fill out and you know he'll have to eventually move over to third or another position yeah so he may i not, believe he'll fill out yeah maybe so not I don't, to the level of Cattell Marte, but that's the one thing that i always have a question with like someone that young is that your body can significantly change and uh you know but that age especially at his in age. like six months I, I when i was 18 i grew six inches in like three months so that does happen when i was 18 you i never grow know. a single inch yes michael we, 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 all, we all know 30 pounds <laughs> But I did grow 30 pounds. So, I mean, really, that's the, I mean, the one area that he's really, I I don't, like, his hit tool, his power is pretty much not that, it's not really existing. He's got yeah. just enough pop that you like it. Yeah, uh, the power the hit tool is the, the hit tool is the one thing that I question with uh, Luis. I don't know. We need to see him face more advanced hitting. Yeah, I think it's one of those things pitching, with, rather. With, with Luis, you gotta it's it's one of those things where we're we won't have a pretty good idea of what he might be in for the next for at least two more years. Yeah. All right, so number seven, left hander human Lin. Well we've so talked about that, Lin more. Yeah, he's the top pitching prospect in the system, which may be uh more of an indictment of the system as is. Yeah. His actual skill, although I think Lynn's a guy who will stick in a rotation. Although he's going to be more of a bottom starter than anywhere else, in my opinion. Which- yeah, Lynn, Lynn, the real question was, has always been like, I mean, he's really young too. Um, especially for someone who's like already has like experience for, for like pitching in the the CBP, oh, the, the CP, I forget, Chinese Professional Baseball the CB- League. Right. Yeah, CPBL. It just doesn't roll off the tongue, okay? The 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 one in Taiwan, um, yeah. So he has like he's really like this when people talk about him, like he's got some real solid makeup, poise on the mound. Guy's a competitor, a little undersized. That's the one thing that people, I think that that's a bit of it is this bias against body type and and race. Honestly, I think that there there is always that kind of thrown out with uh, East Asian pitchers. I mean, the thing thing with Lynn is. Corbin Carroll looks like Mr. Olympia compared to Lynn. Yeah, he is very, he's very thin. I don't know. He's. And his body isn't necessarily projectable either. Yeah. I, as well. Not so at all. Future velocity is not going to be, he's going to be a guy that sits around 90. And has to rely on moving the ball around the strike zone and changing speeds to be successful. I mean, the, looking at it, the last season he pitched basically 60 innings in uh, Hillsboro, 60 innings in yeah. uh, plus a couple postseason and, and Amarillo, well. plus a couple postseason starts. Uh, his his strikeout rate has slowly, like his K nines, has been going down as he's well, gone. It's going up down because like, he's going to Amarillo. Yeah, so he's going to like, but like still, he's got a K nine. And Amarillo above nine. There's not a huge drop off between Hillsborough and Amarillo, which you like to see. His walk rate did not change really. I mean, it only went up half a tick. Like literally, it went up point point six four uh, points. So it's really not that much. So he's really he's. I don't he's, think his walk rate actually probably increased that much from a percentile basis. The only I mean, he's always going to be a guy that's working the edge of the strike zone. So you're going to see a decent amount of walks in that profile. Think of it as like Merrill Kelly. Yeah, that's a sim- that's a that's a that's an interesting uh, comparison there. He's got an excellent like just a repertoire of like the the pitches yeah. that he has in his. You can throw. He, he can, can command from. four different pitch types and six different pitches overall. I think, but he mainly it's just that, mostly fastball slider. Sl- I mean, fastball slurve changeup. Yeah, so he's really. I mean, he's his development is. I would expect that we, we might see him uh, this this coming season. We might see him in 2024. At least a, a spot start, possibly. I, I think he's an, of, he's an end-of-season call-up guy. Yeah, most I likely. I would think that he starts the year in Amarillo. Uh, yeah, and he won't stay there for very long. Yeah, they're not going to keep him very long. He's but, not going to uh, stay there for very long. I know they are going to try to stretch him out more. I think that he... Why are you waiting? He got him to 120 plus innings. Just yeah, stay on the program. 
same thing. I mean, if they could, if they can do a, you know, get him going a little deeper into games, more innings. That's However, really what I want to see. The upside in innings from Lynn is like one sixty five. Yeah, he's not a two hundred inning guy. He's a one sixty. He's he's one sixty five to one eighty. In a good year, he might give you one hundred eighty, but projection wise, I would not bank on more than one sixty five. Yeah. I mean, at that ranking at number five, that makes perfect sense. I don't think Seven. either one of us are going are gonna to disagree with that one. Yeah, I talked to Sam, it's like I talked to Sam Dykstra, uh, Sam Dykstra, and he had uh, this is obviously an off record conversation, but he I asked him who would he have behind the big three, and he he listed Lynn as the top. But I don't know. Obviously, there's going to be uh, when Pipeline releases their list, like sometime in like around spring training, we'll see where it is. All right, number yeah. eight, and this is probably the first time we'll, you've ever heard. Of this guy being a top ten prospect, Dylan Ray. Yeah, definitely, definitely one but, of those guys uh, that flew under the radar last year. For those that weren't paying attention in general to the minor league numbers, I don't, I don't even know. I'm gonna pull them up just because I don't even have a a clue what they are right now. I mean, pretty much he's a fifty he, average he, tool guy across the board. Was he just coming off of injury? Yeah, it's surgery or something like that. If I remember yeah, Tommy John surgery two years ago. Yeah. Okay, so he's a Tommy John guy. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm the real question I have with him is like, what's his? Because looking at his his numbers, um, they were solid in uh, Hillsborough, of course. Three start sample. The only f- three start sample. Off, there's nothing off, to be gained from that. There's nothing really to be judged he, there. He had a he had a bad time in his first three starts in Amarillo, but that's not, that's like I was going to say, that doesn't mean anything. It does not mean anything. So he was solid. So I don't I know what his the small sample is. size song. If you, we talk about do you, do you have any, I don't know where his velocity at. I mean, his velocity is returned to the levels that it was when we, we you know, yeah, he's mid uh, uh, fastballs in the mid nineties. He's got the full repertoire of pitches. Nothing that stands out necessarily, but there's no bad pitch. He's a guy that he has, a, like I said, a legit four pitch mix and can use all four. But none of them would grade out as a plus or a standout pitch. The one it's more thing or less projected like, to be your quintessential four starter, and he's got yeah, and he's got good he's got good size as well. Good size six three two thirty doesn't doesn't look chunky either. Age, even at, if you, once you factor in the Tommy John, he's like perfectly age appropriate for level two. So I mean, uh, nice. he's another guy that we probably starts in Amarillo, maybe has a chance of sniffing the major leagues at the end of ne- at the end of next season. That's yeah, it was born exactly timeline. one day after Randy Johnson's twenty strikeout game. Well, you know that's uh, that's kind of random. Oh, his birthday's random. two days. His birthday's two days after mine. That's interesting. Um, although he's fourteen years younger than me. <laughs> yeah, six three, and it's like he's got the typical. He's got. He's got the dev- the wide diversity of pitches plus the solid frame. I think you got yourselves you got yourself the makings of a three a middle rotation arm, in my opinion. If any of his pitches show improvement, I think you're looking at a mid rotation starting perhaps. And I view him as after Lynn probably the biggest pitching prospect to hold on to. Yeah, long-term. he's got excellent strikeout stuff. Um, I mean, yes. if we're just looking at the Hillsborough. I mean, you got you're running, you're striking out a third of his batters. That's just just under a third. That's uh, while walking less than ten percent of the less than eight percent. Yeah, and uh, home run rate was so that's, pretty good too. Yeah, I mean that's really like that's. Uh, he's he's the, the one pitching prospect. Like I don't have to like debate on if I think that he's going to be good. Like well, there's some other names that like I really like. I I have no idea where to rank. Mm-hmm. Blake Walston or Bryce Jarvis or uh, some of the other. Yeah, the only thing I worry about with Dylan Ray is like, okay, with those no, with those strikeout walk and home run rates, it's like, how does he have an ERA of three nine uh, three eight one? Yeah, is that something in his control? Well, his the interesting thing is his fielding and independent his fielding and independent pitching and his uh, his FIP is going to outpace his ERA. Yeah, so like that's better than that. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think that's hundred percent under, under his control. I think that some of that, like, yeah, the field, you got to think about who the fielders behind him and like 
just like I mean, how the minor league car. Yeah, I mean, well, actually, no, I don't think he had Tommy Troy behind him for much. For maybe he had Troy and behind and Groover behind him probably for about six or I seven start. of those starts. Yeah. If you look at the age factor, obviously he's young. He was young for a level at Hillsboro as well as Amarillo. Yeah. Although on the prospect aging curve, he's right where I'd want him. Set to debut around 24, 25. It just, uh, I know he's rule five eligible after 2025. No, he will be in the major leagues before we have to worry about him being rule five eligible. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to be a question. Unless he gets uh, injured, he's going to be in the major leagues before December twenty-five. So that's that's the real thing you you want to see. Out There's of a non-zero league. chance he could throw a major league pitch next year. Yes, I, I think that's probably might actually be more likely than Lynn. No, I wouldn't think. So. I don't think so. Lynn's it depends on the time. It depends on the time of the year and when they're when it goes. Lynn's, I, Lynn's I, I see it. ten more. Lynn's got eight more starts in Amarillo under his belt. Yeah. And Dylan Ray. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess you get yeah, it. depends. I think I I know Dylan Ray. Actually, they're probably about the same. Like they're on the same innings limit. So, but I definitely I, I think they're they both have a good Ray chance of being one, major league. Ray's year. two years away from the big leagues. And he's at one thirteen. Yeah. So I actually think he's in better shape innings wise than Lynn is from two years yeah. out of the major leagues. Like Lynn only two years out from Lynn's debut. He's basically throwing 56 innings between the complex and a ball. Yeah. And again, Lynn's also flying through the system where actually, no, you can't say Dylan Ray is not necessarily going through the system slowly because that was his first full been, year. He's been he's going up pretty quick. Yeah. He's, moved, he's been moved two levels a year. Well, That's what he's done so far. Well, complex. Yeah. He's on a, a similar timeline to Bryce Jarvis. Yeah, was entering twenty two. Whereas Lynn's more in that. Uh, whereas Lynn's more in that. Uh, I would say, the Ryan Nelson, Dre Jameson entering twenty twenty two timeline. Yeah, that's 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 about although, how I look at it. Although Nelson Jameson also accumulated more innings in their first full year in the system, because obviously they didn't have twenty. All right, so number nine. Is Davis Son de los Santos one of those guys where you see him at the top of the pitching? Pro- and I'm going to uh, top ten prospect list for a while, and sometimes I wonder why. But he's, he's a young. guy when he's locked in. He's a he's a big time bat. But problem is there's a lot going on between the years. Yeah. In my opinion, I don't know exactly, but there's a lot I, of inconsistency that worries me. I have questions. That's the main question. I'm very inconsistent in terms of just the. Like there's times where you see him and he is absolutely locked in and just like just tearing the cover off the ball. Like you cannot get you cannot get a pitch past him without him, you know, putting into play. And there's times where he's gonna swing at literally anything you throw him. Yeah. So I actually don't think Dale Santos is a poor in zone whiff rate for a power hitter. No, well, I could be wrong. He's got he's got good power. Like, I mean, he definitely, he's up there with Melendez in terms of, like, you know, the big power I actually think guy he has better raw them. power than Melendez, but Melendez, obviously, I agree. better batted ball profile right. for a power hitter. That's why I qualified it earlier as yep. best power bat in the system right now. Because De Los Santos has the ability to develop more power than him, in my opinion. This in terms he's of his exit velocity. I think he's, he, what, 21 now? He murders the ball. A. Yeah, and he murders them. He's got, I think he had an exit velocity. I forget, it was like it was the spring training of like one, like he's. It was a fall league game and they had him at 117. I mean, fall league game. There we go. Derby, and they had a 117. Yeah, exit, 117 exit velocity. That would actually. That's put batting in, practice ex, exit velocity. I think the highest yeah. is on the regular season was 114. So he's just been around so long that I think both of us are just so familiar with him and it's like we've seen the inconsistency and it's like okay i'll i'll believe it when i when when, when i see it yeah kind of how i would feel I mean, about he, him he's a guy that can still accidentally hit 25 home runs in a season yeah. i mean he's, he's, the problem is is uh i think good pitch i think in my opinion he's a little too aggressive in certain situations where yeah. his head gets big and he's trying to hit a 500 foot home run when 400 yeah. is enough I think it's he's got probably the best all fields power in the entire yeah, I system. Agree. Like I was, I saw, and this is uh before his 
big year in 21 with Vizalia where you went up three different levels. But I, I remember him hitting, miss hitting and getting jammed in batting practice. Not, like it missed, it probably missed the sweet spot of the barrel by like an inch towards the label. He still hit it out the right center, cleared the fence and right center field by a good 20 feet. That's yeah. the type of raw power that he has. His, his power is, is that rare kind backfield. of, it's very rare to see the kind of power that he has at that age, especially it, uh, I hate to use the example, but kind of kind of reminds me of Vlad, Vlad Senior, just in terms of just like he, just in terms of hitting bad balls and crushing them. Because I mean, he yeah, I actually like, do think De Los Santos has pretty decent bat to ball skills for a power bat. Problem is, yeah. he swings at pitches he shouldn't. Yeah, he doesn't have the play discipline that you want to see. Right, in those counts, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't tighten he doesn't tighten up his own when a situation calls for. That's the problem. That's the main problem I see. I think I mean that certainly in terms of tools potential and uh, like what he's done in the minor league so far, I think that that ranking is justified. I don't know. I necessarily like I put him basically. I have him in a good system. He's probably at, closer at 10 or to 11. twenty than ten, but yes, yeah. the Diamondback system's been depleted because they ha- they were a top five system because they had so many major league ready prospects that had pretty decent impact and of course those guys are now no longer prospect eligible yeah yeah exactly. that's a that's a big that's a lot to uh that's a big hit to take and it's not and you compare it now their systems more their impact guys are two three four years away from the major leagues and yeah. the guys that are close have still have major question marks yeah that's that could that's definitely that, true with dale santos being one of them so I think Dimebacks are more closer to 20 than 10 entering 2024, but if some of those questions are answered, okay, they're a top 10 system entering 25. In yeah. My opinion. Uh, yeah. That, that's, I agree with that. I think that it's just a lot of questions. There are a lot of question marks right now. Um, you know, I, you want to know, you, you want to see, like, I don't know. I haven't seen enough Jack Hurley, for instance, that really, like I would, yeah, I, I really like him. As, I like him as a talent. I think that he has the potential to be a top 10 talent. But I don't have any reason to to justifiably rank him in the top ten until he actually does. I something see Alec Thomas two point one with a swing. Like, yeah, that's not far off. But that's why I say I need, we need to see more of him because he can make those see. adjustments and he can have a breakout and then he could be justifiably he could be he could be sitting in like you know number five at the end of next season. So he's one of those. It's a well, real question mark that he's not even in, he's not even in our top ten here. So there's things like that yeah. that we don't he's, really. He's a guy I think is close because he's got tool, yeah. he's tool he's got tools he's going to fly through the system quickly, and he's got a minor a major league floor of a fourth outfielder. Yeah, right. exactly. So let's round. Let's finish the top ten. The last prospect in the top ten is uh, another toolsy teenager in Ruben Santana. Yeah, he's very toolsy. Very toolsy. Very young. Wise is very comparable to. Uh, Luis, and he's—I think he's a legit third baseman. Yeah, nobody's questioning that. That's the one thing I will—I will say he's a legit third baseman. His—he's a—he's fat. He put—he's crushed the ball so far. Uh, One—I mean, I know it's Dominican Summer League, okay. One forty-two WRC plus in the Dominican Summer League last year. Uh, in twenty twenty-three, a one nineteen at uh, in the complex. So I mean, he's still very young. That's, yeah, the power the power showed up but like this example this guy's going to hit a lot of doubles and triples early in his career yeah. but as he gets older fills out more you're going to see that home run power start to emerge a little bit more and you look at uh as a 17 year old he hit one home run as an 18 year old he hit four yeah and obviously at that age the home run production doesn't necessarily match the power grade because the tools you see on a sky report are projected and Sometimes it's like power. It's like they look at how he's impacting the ball. I mean, when you look at this guy, it's like, how is he impacting the ball? And you look at batting practice and how that translates into the game. But he's also, but he's also got some stolen. He's got some wheels too. He's above average runner, 22 steals. Although I would say at the DSL and the ACL, it's like you're not necessarily dealing with catchers that can accurately throw the ball to second base. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You're We're not dealing with Gabby Moreno by way, the plate. Way more stolen bases at that level. 
So, I mean, Fangrass has that at a 60 speed. I, I really like him. Actually, this is the one ranking that I like. He's, I I'm not. I do not disagree with that at all. I actually would probably rank him higher actually, than 10. Because of that speed, he actually has... I mean, you look at that speed. There's also the possibility that speed and athleticism translates to almost any position on the field. Yeah. The one thing with him but is I think that he, he, the could, arm, he, could, he could grow out of third base. Yeah, he, I'll end up in the outfit if that happens. He's six foot, 190, he's 18 years old. Um, he may. Yeah, if he, he grows he to may, like 215, he's still probably going to stick a third. Yeah, he, he, should, he should stick a the third. Arm plays, the, the arm plays. Probably look at the D backs, third base prospects. He's got the best arm out of all of them. Yeah, I, I really like him as a, a prospect. Um, I almost like him more than uh, Luis, but Luis is at a higher level, even younger. Luis is a higher level. So, he's easier path to a starting spot yeah. because by the time he's coming in, Cattell Marte's contract is, is exactly. finishing out. But I, I mean, Marte's been traded with D-backs have elected to sell high on him. The real question I have, like I want to see out of him going into next this you know coming season is I want to see that walk rate go up and the strike rate, strikeout rate either stay the same or go down. Yeah, if you look at the strikeout rate, the strikeout rate wasn't too horrible. 50 and 211, that's like a 23% rate. It's not like we're talking about Ivan Melendez. This is 20, yeah. I mean, 34% or De Los Santos at 25. Although 25% for De Los Santos is not a red flag. No, that's that's okay. That's acceptable. That's fine. Right? It's That's, that's fine if you have the upside of 40. Totally homes. fine, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that, I mean... I just, that's the one concern. I do not want to see that strikeout rate go any higher than it is now because it's like, then he starts, it starts becoming more questioning. And then it, yeah. is it just a, a giant spike? If it goes up so? a little bit, if you go, if it goes up a little bit, cause he's 19 years old playing in the California league, it's like, okay, that's not necessarily yeah. a deal breaker. If it's like, if it goes up to like about, 25%. Yeah. I'm talking about like a 5% greater. So he, if he gets it above 25%, that's really when I start questioning it. But yeah. A number ten. He, I mean, I really, I really like him as a prospect. I don't. Yeah. I don't really. I don't. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. I was gonna say if you if you're betting on upside, yeah. I think he definitely earns a spot there. So we're going to share. And this is, and since it's not behind the paywall, we're going to share it with no guilt here. We're going to share tool. We're here's the top tools, and of course, uh, the Dimex system. We kind of we kind of discussed discussed this as we were talking. I mean, uh, I yeah. like I said earlier, you know, Drew Jones is the best defensive outfielder and best arm. Um, I know both of us agree with that. Blaze Alexander infield arm. That is a I would not guess that. And I I love. Well, remember, Blaze got eighty grades in the draft for his yeah. arm. I, I do like seeing Christian. I really like Christian Serta. Uh, the combo of just like he's fantastic defensive catcher. I mean, if he can keep the gains he's made offensively, he could sneak in the top ten next season. Yeah, I don't at know. For, I mean, there's at, not a lot at least of, for me, he needs to continue I, breakout. I don't see an everyday. Offensively. I don't see an everyday player out of that profile though. He's like the Geraldo Perdomo of catchers. Pro- yeah, probably probably not going to be an everyday catcher, that's, but he probably would be better okay. offensively than that badly. If he's better than Jose Herrera, not a high uh, bar to pass. You know, he that's kind of the bar we're talking about. I think if but he's he better than Adrian look. Del Castillo, he's a backup catcher at worst. Here's where my, he's a 20 year old in Hillsboro last season, put up a 134 WRC plus. Uh, in uh, Hillsboro and a 121 in Visalia, which is like no one, no one really pays attention to that. But that's like a, a significant offensive breakout after down. Oh, it's also a profile is carried by walks. Yeah, but I mean, you have to be careful about you, judging that profile. Although, yeah, in Serta's case, it's a le- it, there's there's some truth to it. He's got it, a legitimately looked, good bat. He's got a legitimately top batting on me. He looks second. like he's he's on the verge of breaking out. I've heard raves from him, from people who've seen him play in the complex yeah. and like who have actually a chance to watch him. I know someone on the Snake Pit uh, had seen I've seen him play in Vesalia and was raving about him. So I really like him. I don't really as it is nice to see him. Uh, Gilbert Diaz 
That's a guy that yeah, I think Diaz, I think is a guy that should move to the bullpen like next week. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was going to say. He's a guy that re- he's a stuff over command guy. I don't think he's ever going to be a success. I don't know if he'll be a successful starting pitcher because of that the control issues, the walks, the consistency and he's a guy even if he were a starting pitcher, he's a five and dive. Yeah. So is there five any, and dive any arm, so I think you I think you accelerate his path to the big leagues and get him into the bullpen because I think that's where he's going to have the best chance to make an impact. If he oh, develops I, any I, sort yeah. of control while being able to throw at his max velocity, he's a closer candidate. Oh, absolutely. Like he's probably one of the he's best closer, can, closer candidate back end arm. Maybe he sets up Martinez. Yeah. So I mean out I mean, of it's just Martinez minus four miles an hour, but are there any of these that you really disagree with? Uh yeah, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with any of these tools. <laughs> I mean, we mentioned I, like six times that Drew Jones is the best defensive player in the organization. Yeah. Melendez. And obviously, Alexander's arm has been well known, well charted. And I think we already kind of. We actually mentioned Dylan Ray's control when we talked about him. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing we did, I mean, the one thing we really didn't mention is uh, Connor Graham's having the best slider. That's a matter. That's a question of if he's going to stay healthy, if he's going to maintain his velocity. Well, he was healthy last year. So, he was healthy last year, still, but there's not enough consistency in his. Yeah, and I think you know, like we we already talked about, like the caveat with Melendez is there are some guys who probably have, uh, potential power than than Melendez, but right now yeah, he currently has the best power, best power here in the system. I could see a guy like I could see Grant's possibly going in the Rule Five draft, but I think if he doesn't get taken in the Major League phase, he's he's not getting taken at all. Yeah. There's yeah, a lot of guys I think that they'll protect in the so like obviously Robinson, De Los Santos, and Rams will probably be on the offseason Triple A roster, and uh, De Los Santos is the only guy of that group who will. I mean, sorry, not De Los Santos. Robinson is the only guy of that group who won't open the season with Reno anyway. Yeah, like Rams is going to start 2024 in Reno. And while he's no longer, while I don't consider him a top prospect, he's still got a major league future if he can find the strike zone. Oh, I mean, he's got K9s above like. I like, mean, the fact he has a zero 11, command, he's got a strikeout per nine of double A of 12.8. Uh, he, hit, he had a strikeout rate of and, six, 16.5 in uh, 2022. And uh, was it, was it, was Hillsboro in Hillsboro, yeah, in Hillsboro, which yeah, is insane. Else. He also was walking guys at like almost seven. Yeah, so, his minor league walk rate is six per nine. Yeah, not not yeah. He can't. He's Diaz is not that far off from that either. So, yeah, uh, Diaz, guys uh, Diaz has better has a better arsenal of pitches. Grams is a if he doesn't have his fastball, he's pretty much toast. If he doesn't have a field yeah. fastball, he's pretty much toast. Diaz is a guy who can at least expand the strike zone vertically as you see best yeah. fastball best curveball if he doesn't yeah, have good field right. for fastball okay show fastball up you can still set up your curveball curveball and the only reason i don't think view him as a star is just the consistency yeah i don't he has I don't starter think, stuff yeah well absolutely it's just i don't think he can hold it together I just don't, and hit the strike zone long, you know more than an inning or two yeah that's pretty much how i view him like I said, and then uh, they list uh, Jordan Lawler's fastest base runner. Lawler actually was in the 99th percentile for sprint speed at 30 feet per second. He's closing in on Carroll. Have them race. Mm, I think he's trying to be faster than than Corbin, honestly. There's a little bit of competition between the two. All right. So Tommy Troy is the best overall athlete. Now, Dre Jameson is mm-hmm. no longer prospect eligible. <laughs> yeah. So, best I mean, that's this. I would have given it to Lawler, but that's definitely interesting. If, Law- if Tommy Troy is a better athlete than uh, Jordan Lawler, I think you know. I would I put Christian Rob. I put Christian Robinson up there. No, nah, I, I don't think Robinson's the best, best athlete. I, I don't think he's just in terms of natural athleticism. I he's in the top five there, uh, so, but I don't. I don't, want, I don't disagree with that. You want to discuss Robinson? I think actually, I'm going to hide this. But uh, Robinson, I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna point out a fact because this isn't paywalled either. I think Nick Pecora had a top ten chat, and there you mentioned Robinson there. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, here's the chat. 
I don't know if this is paywall or not. If it's not okay, I don't think it is because I didn't. I wasn't logged in when I saw it. Okay. Question about Sims. Jeremy Rodriguez, who's traded for Tommy Pham. Uh, I hate this computer sometimes. Okay, here, here's Christian Robinson. And I'm going to put this on screen. Because this is, this is not paywalled. And we'll just mention this here because obviously Robinson's a guy worth talking about and we're talking top 10. He's not in there. And he's a board. He's, it'll be interesting to see where Nick puts him. Uh, yeah, he's, I agree. He's got some work to do. I agree. He got to see. No, look at the end zone whiff. The end zone whiff rate is a giant red flag. Yeah, it is. I mean, the, the guy's struggling to make contact. I mean, and I it's think worse. Than, the, it's a worse than Joey Gallo situation. Let's look at, by the way, let's look at Joey Gallo's numbers. I have some theories about that. I think, you know, uh, his ass was on the line, you know, like he last season was a make or break season. I've said it before. Like, I mean, he, he, he kind of stayed alive in my opinion. He stayed okay, alive. So. He kept his head above water and he had a, he had, he had a pretty, you know, uh, it was a successful season. He could have done better, but you know, it's a, you know, okay. So Joey Gal last year had a zone contact rate of sixty five point five. That okay. is the level of contact when we talk about a thirty four percent in zone whiff rate. Yeah, like basically, he's Joey. Ga- he's base best case scenario. You're looking at Joey Gallo type bat, and yeah, they're not going to take a chance on right. that. Yeah, I don't see anything. My opinion, taking, and Robinson gonna, doesn't have any trade value. In fact. I don't think other organizations value him at all. I think Robinson's going to have to play his way onto a major league roster. It's pretty much going to happen. He's going to major league roster. He, he's going to have to tear tear the cover off the ball to make it. I think he has the talent to do so. I don't. I think I'm probably one of the few people who's I mean, still a believer. But but considering the I mean, circumstances, if you get a Joey Gallo type contact bat, um, he's a fourth outfielder. I Which think, is fine because yeah, he's right handed. Yeah. I'm it helps that he's right handed. So you could play that, him that's in that the fourth way he could do it. He could that's, play his way on the roster then. He just wouldn't be an everyday player, and that's kind of disappointing considering yeah. how much they paid for him and stuck with him through those issues. Yeah. Well, it's a wait and see. That's a really, it's going to be a, yeah. a make or break season for him, like truly make or break as far as this organization goes. I mean, he's going to have to play his way on the field. So. Well, actually, let's see. I don't know what his chase. I don't know what Robinson's chase rate is because Joey Gallo actually doesn't really chase. I don't think we can find that. Joey Gallo, twenty five point nine percent chase rate. That's below the major league average of twenty eight point five. Actually, Gallo's never been really. Gallo's only had one year where he's been above twenty eight point five. And it's kind of the same thing with Suarez too. They don't chase pitches, but you can't. But they do struggle. They can. Get pitches beaten. They can get beaten in the strike zone. And I think, and obviously, Suarez is not quite as extreme as Suarez is at twenty four percent in zone whiff rate, which to me is like okay, that's passable. Yeah, I mean, and he's a thirty homer threat, so you'll you'll take it. A thirty, yeah, home, he's a twenty five thirty homer threat at a position you really need help at. Yeah, and even with that in mind, it's like. If he's in, and I'm talking about Suarez, if he's even just a league average starting third baseman, that's a huge win in the trade. Oh, and we didn't give up anything for him. I mean, like I said, like like we opened this up with, we didn't really give up anything of value necessarily. I mean, Vargas to, may to, make that tr- may yeah, win that yeah, trade for Seattle. Yeah, really, you're gonna. See, but I as think James I, noted in the last episode, two out of every four pitches he can't hit the broadside of a barn. Yeah, so I mean, if I had to put a bet on it, I would think that. Uh, Suarez is gonna, you know, yeah. more worry, most likely like, to actually have value. When I look at trades, I don't look at okay, who had the most value. It's like okay, how did, did the team benefit from the trade? And yeah, obviously, go back to a previous trade with Seattle, the Cattell Marte trade. We would you say that trade was the Mariners got more value out of the trade than the Diamondbacks did? But would you say the Diamondbacks lost that trade? No, absolutely not. I mean, they're still I benefiting from the trade today. Yeah, yeah, Cattell Marte is still on the team, so. I mean, there was a I point where Marte was the offense in the postseason. Yeah, exactly. That's so, great. I mean, that works. 
Yeah, don't you think Seattle would have loved to have Cattell Marte on the team? Oh yeah, that's their biggest hole right now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's how you have to look at it. And I think uh, the fact that they no, didn't of course, uh, have Mitch Hanger obviously had the best. Yeah, that's the guy the that, that. If only he could stay healthy. Yeah, the one year he was healthy, he was an MVP candidate. Now, of course, yeah, uh, no, yeah. Did actually right for trading really, him because of the health concerns. That looked really bad. That when that when that uh before he went down. Yeah, and, and then Marte broke out the next year and had the best season yeah, of all the players so involved in the trade. It, it all works out. You can't rush to the, like the Ryan. See, Ryan Bliss is a guy who'd be in my top 10. Uh, Ryan Bliss would be four for me. Yeah, he would be. He'd be my. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, me, yeah, probably four. You got that right. Yeah. So a uh, closing thought. Anyways, yeah. That's, so any, la- so any, any last thoughts on that list before we, uh, Wrap it up, call it in here. Make sure before we get to that, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a like on the video, comment below. Who do you think? If you think there's a guy that Nick missed that should have been rated in the top ten, for example. Yeah, no, I mean, the really, there's no real like. I don't really like. I don't disagree with that that top ten too much. I think Melendez is a little too high. Like we just like all the stuff we discussed yeah. it. It's well, really it's too high, but you can make an argument for top ten easily. I think he's just closer yeah. to ten than five. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, That's the I only one I, don't I really have any problems with. I yeah, I mean, it, the only things I have are nitpicky as far as the top ten as a group really goes. Like, I can't, I could see why they they went with who they went with. So, nothing too controversial to me. All right, thanks everyone for watching.